The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us for another riveting episode of Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow, and hopefully you didn't see on Facebook that this show is about property taxes, because if you did, you probably wouldn't tune in. But I'm going to have a promise to make property taxes exciting and riveting and drama-filled. No. Are we, are we going to be talking about just Indiana, the way Indiana does property Well, taxes? I've got some examples of some other things, too. Okay. So my goal in today's show is to arm you with the questions you need to ask. I posted them on Facebook earlier today, and Rachel, you might repost them. There's eight questions that, as a smart homeowner, you need to know the answers to. And I should have, like, done a quiz. I should have planned ahead, but, you know, you know me. I'm selling houses, man, um, that to see like how pe- how many people know the answers to these questions. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today with some examples. We might also talk about Lady Godiva because it's relevant. Okay. Right? Lady okay. Godiva. Right. All right. So the other voice you hear <laughs> on the other side of the microphone is the lovely Miss Karen Rastel. Hello. She's the best name letter in the state of Indiana with Ruoff Home Mortgage. How are things going at Ruoff? It's fantastic. It's been an e- quite an easy uh, transition into this company. So Awesome. Karen, you've been there a couple weeks now? Yes. So learning all the systems and all that good stuff. I think three weeks. Three weeks. That's three awesome. Weeks. Good. Well, I'm glad it's going well. How's everything else? Are you busy? I am very busy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's good, too. But uh, yeah. just a little, like we talked about last week, it's just a little different with the unseasonably, like, warm weather here in, in Indiana. Yeah. That people are definitely looking to uh, start the buying process sooner. Yeah, the um, trees are budding out, which I'm concerned that we're going to have a boring, uh, dead spring because it's going to freeze again this weekend. I know. It's supposed to snow or something on... Uh, It's like 70 degrees today. Apparently, the high on Friday is supposed to be 70 and the low is supposed to be 35. Welcome. We say welcome to Indiana, but I know people in Iowa say welcome to Iowa and people in Illinois say welcome to Illinois. So, you know, hey, it's just kind of the Midwest sort of thing. So, well, speaking of the Midwest, last week I got to go out to Pennsylvania um, to visit with Uris's mom and pick up Uris and bring him home. And um, it was 11 degrees and snowing when I left Pennsylvania Thursday morning. I was like, get me out of here. And it was a good 60 degrees when we got seven hours to the west in indiana which was kind of nice but it was so nice here in indiana last week yeah for sure yeah but we learned some really interesting things when we were in pennsylvania that's kind of what actually brought me to this show today um i met with a realtor while we were out there and just you know normal chatting and then i'd go really you do it like that so 
<clears throat> for example, one of the things I learned, she was showing me comps for a property. Here's some, you know, properties compared to it. I said, well, how many square feet does that have? She goes, oh, no, we don't do square footage here. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, no, we don't, because the assessor's always wrong. I'm like, well, there's other ways to get square footage. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. We don't compare square footage at all. It's not in the listings. It's nowhere. And what did you say? I think you sent me a text that uh, the seller's disclosure. Nine pages long. Okay crazy yeah yeah I'm like we need to start this now to be able to sell in six months because (laughs) it's intense because Indiana it's a two page two pages yeah and and she's like I'm not even allowed to touch it all I can do is hand it to you and so it's like oh my and it's teeny tiny print on like um three page um carbon copy (laughs) okay I'm like okay and then the other thing that I thought was really odd was um or just different was that (laughs) there's in order to sell your property you have to ha- call this guy named Randy. We actually got to meet Randy, which was pretty exciting. We told Randy, we're like, you're famous. We've been talking about you for a week. Um, his name is Randy. He works for the mun- municipality. And he has to come out and inspect your sewer lines. They run cameras down your sewer lines. And if he says anything needs to be fixed, you have to fix it before you can sell your property. Period. No question. Now, does Randy charge a fee when he comes oh, out $350. there? $350. Okay. And you can't, like, build it in, like, okay, well, the seller agrees to pay for it, or or the buyer agrees to pay for it, like, after, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't credit the buyer in their, no. You do not have clear title to the property unless you've gone through this process. I kind of like that. It's nice. It's because nice. For I've had a couple of instances where right after closing, it's like something tree roots. happens. There's tree yes. roots, yeah. And then that buyer had, yeah. has no more money yeah. to put into it. Okay. So it was, but it was, anyways, it was really interesting to me because, um, um, just seeing how different things are, you know, you just right. kind of get stuck. I know things are different market to market. Um, so it opened my eyes a little bit. So when we talk about property taxes today, because that's something else they do really differently. They have two different property taxes, two different bills. One is a school tax that gets run on a fiscal year and one's a municipality. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, of course, if I try to explain Indiana property taxes and how we pay in arrears, that confuses the crap out of everyone, too. Um but it just kind of made me think, you know, I need to really think about this when I'm doing the show each week, that how I do it and how mm-hmm. we do it here in our area can be very different. So that's why today the goal is to arm you with questions. I can't tell you the answers because it's going to be different. And, you know, if you're moving from Houston, Texas to Des Moines, Iowa, the answers are going to be different. So mm-hmm. these are just the questions you need to ask so that you have the right answers. But before that... I thought we need to kind of balance out property taxes a little bit with something maybe a little more fun. Yeah, a little bit more lighthearted, right. like reality television or right. something. Okay. Well, you know, I you know I posted last week. I don't know if you saw it or not. The breaking news. Um, I I've really not been on social. I got to get back on social media. Do you need to get back on I social do. media. I know. Well, so breaking no. news: Joanna Gaines, our beloved jo- Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper, has just introduced a home decor line. Uh, that you have got to pay attention to. There's two things actually coming out. I'm like, my breath my, my breath is taken away. Right. It's probably absolutely gorgeous. Oh, for sure. Right. <laughs> the first one is that she's had some paint lines coming out, but this is a new paint line that is, this is interesting to me, chalk style paint. It's not chalkboard paint. She has that. And she likes the chalkboard paint where you paint it and then you can use it as a chalkboard. Yeah. But this is a chalk style paint that captures this classic matte finish. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of that worn farmhouse painted finish mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you can paint it to make it look kind of old. It's an ultra matte finish. 
Interesting. You know it's cool. Don't even I'm question sure it. I'm sure it is cool. I'm just sitting here trying to think, ooh, where could I apply that in I my know. home? And I there's know. probably nowhere that would I struggle that with, would fit yeah. that. Your house, on I, the other hand, would that would furniture work. Furniture, maybe. I mean, that's so, what I think this is more for. I think it looks more appropriate for furniture. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, you were telling me last week about shiplap. Okay, we're getting there. Oh, we're getting there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the chalk style paint is the simplest way to give your flea market finds or even a brand new piece of furniture her go-to rustic charm. So, yeah, I think it's probably intended mostly for furniture. So, okay. um, we need to go buy some wood furniture and still, though, in it. my house, I just don't, I can't figure out in what room of my house I could do something like that. Maybe that's what I should just convert my entire basement because you know I haven't completed it, that yet. It would be really cool on picture frames. That like is you true. You can find some good old picture frames and then paint them all the same color, even if they were different styles, and then do a whole display on the wall. Somebody do that and send me a picture. I'll, I'll just drop off some frames to you. Okay. You can do that for With me. all my free time, I'll, I'll get right on that. Uh-huh. So <clears throat> there it is, classic colors. Um, she's got um, colors named after all her children. That's so sweet. Ella Rose, Emmy's Room. Uh, Sir Drake and Duke Gray. I let them, and she's she even her kids like helped in the creative process. I let them pick the paint color they love, and they pick the name so they feel like they're working with mom, and not that mom is working. And they're over in the corner. Uh, we figure out ways to make them feel like they're super involved, so that it seems a little more holistic. I know it's kind of gross, but nice. So then, part two of that chalkboard paint is the um, shiplap wallpaper. How do you feel about wallpaper? Um, as long as I don't have to take it off. Yeah. Um, but I've seen some decent ones here lately. I yep. would say in the last few years that it's not like the wallpaper I remember from the 70s, 60s yeah. and 70s. Right, right. The foil one. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with wallpaper um, is if you just do an accent wall, I find that much more attractive and less overpowering. Sure. So... Um, but this, I saw this at the uh, home Indianapolis Home Show, um, some shiplap style wallpaper. But she's got all kinds of stuff. So she's got obviously the most anticipated product is this shiplap wallpaper that mimics the wide white boards. Um, and then she also has a skinny lap, oh. which is I know, Rachel's making faces like, what the hell does that mean? Skinny lap, a thinner version of the original style. I would like a skinny dab version, please, um, is also available. Um, in addition to that, they have one, you can't really see it from this picture, but it's blueprints of um, from the from the silo property. Okay. Like the whole wallpaper is just sort of blueprints, except I think they're black and white, not blue. They've got a buffalo check, which is a very classic, and then they've got some old school newspaper design. Uh, so there's some really interesting things there, too. So then I got even more inspired and was like dreaming about our road trip to Waco that we talk about yes. taking. And I found the Magnolia Trail. Okay. So I want to make sure everybody knows that that is out there. There's a great website that we'll put up that lists all of the shops, restaurants, and attractions that have been mentioned on Chip and Joanna's TV show. Someone so has, gone all, to, right? has gone to uh, taking the extra time to put all of that oh, out yeah. there. Okay. Do you know Jimmy Don? Uh, no, I do not. Jimmy Don of Iron, uh, he does Iron Designs? No. I just saw an episode... Um, and I don't watch it very much, but I happened upon it last week. And they were redoing a houseboat, oh, okay. which was kind of interesting. I didn't see that one. And he, she had Jimmy Don make the uh, nameplate 
Okay. Donna Sue, I think, was the boat's name. It was named after a guy's mother. Now, Clint, I know. Cause you he, know Clint? Yes. The Harp Design Company and Showroom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jimmy Don is often at the Magnolia Market on Thursday afternoons to meet and greet fans. So we need to kind of plan that into our... We should uh, totally do this. Right. And... When the weather gets nice. Here's what's great, too. So you start at the Magnolia Market, right? Take the show on the road. Mm-hmm. And yes. then you go to the Visitor Center, where uh, you can take a selfie with a life-size cutout of... Chip and Joanna. They have put this town on the map. I know. Before them, what was Waco famous for? Yeah. That one thing. Yes, that one thing. Branch Davidian, whatever, right? And Mm -hmm. Baylor, I guess. Um, And then what else was there on here? There was something else, but I love the Jimmy Don. Jimmy Don. Oh, there's a Wildland Supply Company, which is apparently where Joanna buys a lot of her clothes. She's so cute. I know she is. Just stop. She's an awesome mom. I can't even live up to her her mothering. I I mean, it's like. Okay, well, oh, and, and here's, has nothing to do with Chip and Joanna, but there's a Dr. Pepper Museum, which I'm all about. (laughs) Okay, I'm not a Dr. Pepper fan. I thought you were going to say whoever her hairstylist is, because I would love to meet that person. Oh, we can find out. I can can find that. We can't tell my guy, though. So let's bring things back down right before break to a little reality that things aren't always peachy and keen in the Chip and Joanna world. And uh, this I found out from Rachel is now getting notifications in her like various social media news feeds because they know that she apparently searches on Chip and Joanna all the time (laughs) that a woman is suing the Magnolia Market for a head injury. You know, all those exposed beams and whatnot. Yeah. She actually banged her head on one of them. Mm. Um, Plaintiff, while on defendant's premises, suffered serious and permanent bodily injuries as a direct result of the dangerous condition created by the height and steel rods used for the canopies, which are affixed to the picnic tables located in an outdoor dining area on the defendant's premises. She is suing for a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. So everything is not rosy when you are Chip and Joanna. Just keep that perspective in mind, and maybe our pathetic little lives here in Bloomington, Indiana, are okay. <laughs> And with that, we're going to go to break. And with that, we're going to go to break. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. Please follow me on Facebook. That is Deb Tomorrow Realtor. Always good stuff there. I've got a tiny house that I've listed that I'm trying to drum up some interest. It's kind of fun. It's a real-life tiny house, not one of these that they build on a platform, which tends to be an issue. They're cool, but a lot of municipalities aren't allowing them. This is an old doctor's office in an old little town. Have I, I, um, I have went online to look yeah. inside. I love yeah. that. It's cute super little, cute. It is super cute. And it really is very livable, but it needs some like storage things and whatever. So if you've got great ideas for tiny houses, I'd love for you to post that because we're going to try and uh, stir up some interest. So anyways, today we are talking about property taxes. Oh my gosh. Could it get more exciting? This is so exciting. So exciting. I can't think of anything better. Now I am going to put a disclaimer in here that I am not a tax professional. I'm probably a tax unprofessional um <laughs> when accountants say it's time to file your taxes i'm like no it's not it's not october right because uh, that's <laughs> right. when we file taxes um so you need to consult people who know things which is certainly not me i know nothing i'm completely useless um but we're going to tell you like i said the questions that you need to ask um so that you can make sure that you're a smart and informed homeowner or buyer or seller because that's really half the battle is knowing what you need to ask you know whenever i have people that come in here they just kind of have that blank look on your face on their face and i say what questions you have and they go uh and I said all of them and they're like yeah like they don't even know mm-hmm. and I know whenever I leave you know send them away say okay you need to go call a lender I tell them exactly what to say just say hi Karen Deb told me to call you and I said and that's all you need to say <laughs> and she'll take <laughs> it from there um, but I think true. knowing what questions you need to ask is just really really important um I also want to say that this is not, we are not, and we never will be a political show. So this is not about what your property taxes should or should not be. You have to form your own opinion and your own feelings on that. Uh, And I think, again, before you can form your own opinions and feelings, you have to be educated. And that's what this show is about, education. So the only political statement I will say is know what the hell you're talking about before you start talking. So that's what we're going to do. I'm getting better. I'm going to be getting better versed in not just Indiana property taxes, but we are about to possibly my property be impacted by that annexation. Uh, I have some too. Yeah. Did you get a certified mail? Um, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. But we have in Bloomington, you know, we have city limits and then there's sort of this fringe area that is county. It's not a part of the city. And yeah, we got a certified letter like the you know, mailman came to the door and we were like, are we in trouble? trouble. Who's suing us? <laughs> it was just like sheer panic. And both our names were on it. And we're like, what the heck? And then uh, so yours like handed it to me and we're both like trembling, you know, and we open it up and it's just a stupid letter from the city about a couple of our rental properties are in the annexation territory. Wow. So it should be interesting to see um, 
how that works and, and what that's all about. Well, property taxes, in fact, go way back. And I'm going to ask Rachel to post a link. And I do not expect anyone to read this, but I will tell you I did read this. Um, it's a brief history of property tax by a gentleman named Richard Henry Carlson. And he was he delivered this paper initially at a conference. I don't know what IAAO stands for. I should know that, but I don't. On assessment administration. I mean, that was probably a rip-roaring conference. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good times to be had. Um, but he kind of went through the whole history, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I guess I'm a little geeky when it comes to that, but it's teeny tiny print. There's a lot of information in here, so I'm not going to go over all of it. But a couple of things I just want to point out, that property tax is certainly nothing new, and in fact, it's very, very old. Can you tell me what I... Oh, yeah. um, it says International Conference on Assessment Administration. Assessment is so we're probably talking about county assessors, probably, and, and tax assessment and how they get it, that number. Yeah, because anytime mm-hmm. you're taxed, there's an amount that you're taxed on, and how they assess what the value is. There's apparently a whole, a whole group, and I'm telling you, better than the firefighters convention we used to go hang out at in Indianapolis. So the earliest known tax records, can you do you know how far back they go? Take any guess. <laughs> I have no idea. Six thousand bc really really i'm telling you because richard henry carlson says so uh they were in the form of clay tablets that were found in the ancient city state of lagash in modern day iraq just north of the tigris and euphrates river the king used a tax system called bala which meant rotation so the assessors 6000 bc would focus on one area of the city state assessing and taxing one area each month so they could kind of keep it manageable. They would sort of focus on okay. one area and then, yeah. Um, and then in 5000 BC, the uh, Egyptians started in on that. And a lot of times it was on crops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I thought was really interesting was that a lot of times the primary focus of this early property tax taxation wasn't the improvements that were on it. That's what we focus on today, right? What's mm-hmm. the value of the building and then the land adds some value. It was the production value of the land. Oh. What, what kind of value could that land kick out in terms of you know crop mm-hmm. value kind of thing? So I thought that was kind of interesting too. And in fact, in ancient Egypt, when kings died... It's not a very good time to live, I don't think. When kings died, pretty much anyone who was in their service, like, any of their staff people. They only lived to like 15, 18 years old. 18 right? years old, something I like mean, that, right? Well, when they died, anyone who was in their service would be killed and buried along with the king. Oh. Right? Except the tax assessors, because they were so revered and they were highly valued because their skills. You know, this is a time where like one in 100 people were literate. And it was before wow. Excel. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you kind of had the clay tablet spreadsheet thing kind of going on. So I thought that was really fascinating. Am I a geek? Possibly. Um, I'm keeping mums over here. I'm just like, I'm I'm going to go and read it because you're putting it out there. I know. It's fascinating. But I would watch a documentary about this. Huh. Um, anyways, then here, I promise we talk about Lady Godiva. Okay. Do you know Lady Godiva? No. There's chocolate named after her, right? Godiva chocolate. I know Godiva and there's chocolate. This, all I know is that there's this famous thing about Lady Godiva riding naked on a horse through the streets of somewhere, Coventry, England or something, mm-hmm. in like the 11th century. Well, it turns out that the story is that that's because of property taxes. She was running away from no. taxes? It was like a deal. Her husband was like the lord and was 
was imposing oppressive taxes on the people. And she kept begging that, begging him to like be nicer about it. And he was like, fine, if you get on your horse and ride naked through town, then I will So she's lower totally, taxes. she did it on a dare. He said, if you go do this, and she said, okay. She said, all right, fine. But she went to like all the, I don't know, people in town and said, please go inside and close your windows. Like, <laughs> close your shutters while I do this because I'm going to help you out. So then... This gets really fascinating. It has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. But there was a guy who didn't close his shutters. Dun, dun. And his name was Tom. And that's how oh, Peeping Tom that's came how about. That's how Peeping Tom mm. came about. I don't know what that has to do with how property do, taxes. but Okay. Anyways. Now, um, now that I find an interesting factoid right there. <laughs> right. And it has nothing to do with anything. But, yeah. um, and then this, this gentleman in the article goes through um, lots of, you know, when the pil- pilgrims came over and how they started implementing tax systems and all the different ways that they've tried to do different tax systems to see, um, you know, what's fair and what's equitable. And, and, and it actually gets really interesting because they start to talk about, well, they tried this, but then it would end up not stimulating the economy because people wouldn't work okay. and that kind of thing. So anyways, my point is that um, eat Godiva chocolate because it's really yummy. And property taxes are nothing new. They go way, way back back. to the beginning of time, 6,000 B.C. So it's something that we have been dealing with for, what's that, 8,000 years? So my guess is that we're going to be dealing with it for pretty much the rest of our lives. So it's something that we should know. Every state has their own um, property tax system. And probably even the municipalities, how are we define that? I wanted to talk briefly. I may be getting ahead of myself. Um, I am getting ahead of myself. But, um, oh gosh, where's my list? Didn't print out. I, of prop- I had a list of property taxes by state mm. because I thought it was really interesting to kind of see this wide variety of um, taxes and how they vary from state to state. Do you mean how... How we pay them, or what the percentages? Percentage, mm-hmm. gotcha. And okay. it goes anywhere from. I'll have to pull that up when we're on break because I, I don't think I have all those pages in all printout. Um, but it, Hawaii is one of the cheapest. That's interesting. Yeah, I would have thought. But yeah. then you have to weigh that out with the property values, because mm-hmm. Hawaii Hawaiian property values are much higher. Um, and I know Texas was one of the most expensive. And I know that because my parents live in Texas. But what's interesting, and you kind of, so it's a great list to look at if you're like, wow, where should I retire? I want to go somewhere where child property mm-hmm. taxes are cheap, right? But you have to kind of weigh that out. So Texas has very expensive property taxes, but they don't have any state income tax. No, and they have Chip and Joanna there. So that's, another, that's another reason to retire oh, in Texas. We are retiring in Waco, aren't we? Yes. We need to do one of those. Uh, we're gonna like build a bunch of houses or remodel a bunch of homes on the same street. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, like all your friends. Oh yeah, yeah. We're like all like neighbors. Or whatever. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. we're doing. Okay, deal. Spit shake. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Here are we're gonna talk about how your property taxes are calculated. But remember, I said I'm gonna arm you with eight questions that you need to know the answers to in order to be a smart homeowner um, or buyer or seller. So these are the eight questions. One, what is the assessed value of my home? You need to know what that is, know what that means. Two, what's your taxing district? That's not anything I knew until I got into real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, three, what is your taxing factor? In some states, they call it your millage factor. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I had to look that one up too. Um, what number four? What are your what are your property tax caps? 
are there caps in your property tax in your area? And number five, are there caps on how much your assessment can rise each year? These are important things because it's important to kind of keep an eye to make sure that nobody's making a mistake. Everybody is human and you want to understand how your tax bill is figured as much as possible so that you can keep an eye on it and make sure that you're not getting screwed. Uh, Number six, what property tax exemptions should you get? Number seven, how do you file those exemptions? And number eight, when are your property taxes due? And then at the end of the show, hopefully we have a couple minutes and we're going to talk about escrow. Yay, Since so many escrow. people pay their property taxes through escrow. Yeah, and it's one of those words that has a million different meanings and I never really understood. I, I would run around and ask my dad, what does escrow mean? He would explain it. And I was like, yeah, no, I still don't get it. So. so, all right. So what is the assessed value of your home? Um, have I talked before about the difference between assessed value and market value? It's possible. I probably have yeah. a million times. Um, usually you can go to some sort of county website and look up what the assessed value of your home is. Your county is going to send out someone on behalf of the assessor. We talked about how the assessors, the 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 article that we read about the history of property taxes mm-hmm. uh, assessment, uh, the conference was about assessments. So there's going to be someone that is an assessor who's going to assess what the value is of the property. In our market, it's supposed to be fair market value, but that's typically not the case. And it's typically much lower, not much lower, but it's typically lower than what market value is. Um, so if I hear anyone that says, well, I'm only going to pay X for the house because that's the assessed value. I know it's listed for $20,000 higher. I will whip you with a wet noodle. <laughs> no question about that. So um, don't do that. They're two different things. And you honestly, you know, the lower your house is assessed, the better off you are because <laughs> the lower your yeah, taxes lower your are going to be. But you can usually find that assessed value on a county website of some sort. Um, it'll also be on your tax bill or um, usually each year they send a copy of your assessment. Now, a lot of markets, they only read you those assessed values some do it yearly and some will do it you know say they'll do residential one year commercial one year apartment buildings the next year and kind of put you on a three-year rotation so it kind of depends Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break and then come back and talk a little bit more about assessed value and go from there so stick around you're listening to real real estate today your home for smart real estate Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. 
That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com That's Deb at RealRealEstateToday.com Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. We are talking about property taxes, and it could not be more fun if you're just tuning in. It is a laugh a minute. Hold on to your seats. Stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> I swear. I'm just like, everyone has now just stopped and tuned out everything They should else. be like, everything should, the world should yes. stop, and you should listen to the show yes, right property now. property taxes. All right, so we were talking about the first question that you need to know the answer to, that I can't tell you the answer, but you need to go find the answer. What's the assessed value of your home? Um, one thing uh, that I do want to talk briefly about is that typically you can appeal the assessed value. It's not easy. I can tell you how it works in my area because I did appeal once. Um, And you get an assessment in the mail, and it'll tell you that you have a certain number of days to file an appeal. And I had to march my butt down to, I don't know, some county office and sign some form that says, I want to appeal such and such an address. I think it was the county assessor. Could be. Uh, I don't know. It was downtown somewhere. Um, I we had, had to do I had, the same thing. I had to put money in a parking meter. Um, and then they schedule a time for you to come like two months from now. It, right. And then we go to the appointment. And it's a room with a round table. And there's about seven guys. And their average age is 92. Sweetest can be. But only one of them can hear. So everything you say, you'd say it once. And then they turn and they go, what? And then they just kind of repeat it down the row. Um, and I did manage to get one of my properties reduced. She kind of went, whoa, what did we do there? Like, I don't know what she did because my property tax bill went up 50%, mm. like huge. Um, but she also told me that this was the assessor, like the actual county assessor. And then there's like a board. Okay. And they, you present your evidence to them if you have an appraisal or if you have comps or something like that. I get clients who ask me for comps because they're going to appeal an appraisal. Um I didn't know. I could have asked you. When we had this same thing happen, we had just had our house. uh, We used our most recent appraisal. We had just had a refinance. And then my husband found his own comps. And then he went down. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have a table of seven people. No? No. There were three or four. I may be exaggerating for, you know. But he came fully prepared. Yeah. He came prepared, though. Like, he was ready to show his example. And were you successful? He was successful. Good. Yeah. I was like, while I was there, I said, well, on the... While I'm here, I have another property, <laughs> and I had an appraisal because I had just purchased it. And um, she looked at it, and she goes, hmm, we actually underassessed that. And then she raised my assessment on that property. So be careful. Yeah. But how much do you guys, how much do you think your assessment was off? 
um, that particular year, there was a, a newer subdivision that mm-hmm. was just built or a lot of homes were being uh, completed at that time. Our assessed value, I could pull it back up, but it went up about $40,000. Okay, so so I don't know what that equated right. out to in the bill. But we were like, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the point I want to make is that, you know, if it's like $5,000, it's probably not worth it. I mean, you're really going to be looking at, you know, a few bucks. Um, so think about that. I also had a sweet, sweet client that I just had to giggle because God bless him. You know, when you work in real estate, you don't ever put yourself on the other side because you can't get yourself can't get your head out of real estate mm-hmm. so you can't think about how regular people think about things right so I had some clients and they said who do we contact our assessment's really low my house is worth more than this I was like no no shush shush yeah, I'm like time out <laughs> right but he was thinking like you know but my house is worth more than this and I'm proud of the fact that my house is worth more than this I was like no no it doesn't matter um and I think he was concerned that it would impact the market value of the okay. home and it doesn't typically so don't if it's low shh don't say anything hush hush okay so what is your assessed value go find that number two what is your taxing district? Some of them are um, by state or by county. Um, they can be defined in a lot of different ways. So I don't necessarily want to tell you, you know, what that is, but you need to understand what that is. I will tell you what it is in Indiana. So we are typically taxed by township, but sometimes our townships are boiled down even into smaller parts. Did you know that? Yes, I do. I have a chart. I do because I, I try to look up, you know, like a good example is there's the uh, home that's under construction mm-hmm. that the builder's doing. It's in a particular township. Okay. And I don't know. We've got a category. It's like the same name, township name. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like Bloomington City. Yeah. Or if it's the regular town. Like I. Yeah. Yeah. So. So in Bloomington, you know, I, we have however many townships, but we have Bloomington Township. But then we have Bloomington City, Bloomington Township. Mm-hmm. And we also have Bloomington City, Perry Township. Yep. And we have Bloomington City, Richland Township. So we have all these like little divisions of whether you're in the city limits or whether you're outside the city limits. And I know no one can see this, but it does make it the tax factor Huge is difference. different. And that's why I printed this chart out. Um, so you need to see if maybe there's a chart like that, especially if you're looking for homes. I thought mm-hmm. this is an interesting tool that I've never really presented to anyone. But it shows tax rates anywhere from, and these numbers aren't going to mean anything to you but 2.4 down to let's see what's the lowest one it's probably going to be 1.24 yeah Mm 1.21 so that's a pretty I mean double Mm-hmm. You've got tax rates that are double just in our one county. Um, and so if you are cost conscious, you know, you might now part of that is some of the um, like the town of Ellettsville is a kind of little suburb here of Bloomington, and that has a very high tax rate. But then it gets balanced out because the property values are a lot lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can buy a lot more house. So it probably all evens out at the end of the day. What? No, I was just in there thinking this Perry Township is the one that I that was my most recent. Uh, one and I was trying to determine is that property in the city? Yeah. Is it right outside the city? Yeah. It will definitely because that is such a huge difference. Yeah. For for these yeah. borrowers, but. But you also um, have to think about you know if you're inside the city limits, you're getting different services, trash pickup. I live out in the county. Um, we probably have yeah 1.36 is my tax rate, so we have one of the lowest tax rates, but we don't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Sheriff comes by every once in a while help us shoot a deer in our yard or something um 
sure it's happened. Okay, so understand what your um, your uh, your taxing district is because that's important to help you understand um, where your taxes are going. And then you also, like in Pennsylvania, you actually have two separate tax bills. So you have one for your municipality and you have one for your school district, just to confuse mm, you. Okay. So they have a separate school tax. Crazy, right? Yeah, it seems like there could be simpler ways, but then again, it's the government. So there you go. Okay, question number three. What is your taxing factor? So this changes. This is the number that they use. Um, let's see. Let me back up here. The assessor comes out and says, okay, your property is worth $100,000. Then there is a number that they multiply by that $100,000, whatever. That's your taxing factor. And that um, they multiply that number by your assessed value, and that's how they come up with what your property tax bill is. Um, so that changes based annually based on the government budgets. I kind of simple, overly simplify things here, but say basically that the townships look at what their budget is and then say, okay, in order for us to meet our budget, we need to tax this much for every thousand dollars of assessed value. Because when I went in to appeal my taxes and she changed it, she Mm -hmm. was like, you're killing my budget because I literally took $3,000 out of her budget right there in that one meeting. And she was like, ouch. Well, maybe she made it up when she increased her other property. Probably, right? Uh, Well, that was a different township, though. See? Interesting. Um, So, anyways, in some areas, they call that the millage rate. It's technically the amount per $1,000 of assessed value that you are taxed. We don't use that term around here, but um, that's super, super confusing. Um, You know, in California, they collect both state and local property tax. The state rate is like 1% of the assessed value. And then uh, there, you know, the the local tax can be varied and that's going to involve schools and water and sewer and all that good stuff. So, for example, in California, homeowners typically end up paying between one and a quarter and one and a half percent of assessed value each year. Um, Again, in Indiana, it's more of a local tax is sort of who manages that and, and has the final determination on that. Um, so understand what that tax rate is, what you're getting for that tax rate, you know, who that's going for. And again, think about your, um, think about the big picture. Um, you know, you can live out in the County and your taxes might be uh, less, but then you're also going to have some other higher costs or fewer services. So that's something to kind of balance out. Number four, what is your property tax cap? I don't know if every state has property tax caps, but I do think a lot of them do. And that's an important one to understand. I did run into this once in a neighboring county. I have a property. It's a rental property. It's an apartment building. And um, in Indiana, you cannot be taxed more than 1% of your assessed value. So if your property is assessed at $100,000 and it's owner-occupied, you cannot be taxed for more than 1%, so $1,000. But if it's a rental property... Um, not owner-occupied, it's $2,000, 2%. And if it's a commercial property, it's 3%. And I had a four-unit apartment building, and they were taxing me more than 2%. Oh. And so I complained. And the first year, they were like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then the second year, like, no, because your parking lot's taxed at the commercial rate, and your building is taxed. Right? Confusing. I, I know. Okay. Ridiculous. Okay. But anyways... <laughs> Understand what that, uh, if there's a property tax cap, because when you get your property tax bill every year, you want to review it and make sure that you don't see anything too kooky or out of place. Well, and that's especially good to know, too, on a new on a newly constructed home. Whether mm-hmm. you are having a builder, you know, you're doing a true construction loan and having a, a financing that, that way, or you're, you're purchasing in an area where the builder is putting up these homes. Like, you have no idea what your value or what your taxes are going to be. 
Um, so knowing that going in can kind of uh, definitely prepare you for what those payments will be in the future. Yeah, that's a great point because, like Karen said, just to reiterate, when you do a new construction property, there's no building to assess. So it takes the county a little while to catch up and go, oh, there's a building there. Let's put a value on it. So you do kind of buy the building not knowing what the property tax bill is going to be. And so knowing what the comps are, knowing um, obviously what you've paid for it, um, your property tax cap and your purchase price would kind of be your worst case scenario Mm -hmm. on that. There can also in some states be a cap. This is question number five. Is there a cap on how much your assessment can rise each year? In some states, especially when we started going through some of the wild real estate swings, especially East Coast, California, Mm -hmm. Vegas, places like that, um, they had some assessments that kind of would go out of control. And, and, you know, it's really difficult to budget and live when you're, um, you know, property tax bills are swinging as wildly as the property rates. So like, for example, in California, there is a 2% cap that your assessed value cannot raise rise more than 2% uh, in a given year from year to year. So that helps kind of keep that a little bit more controllable. I'm not aware of any cap like that in Indiana, um, but that's pretty rare to have you know major price swings like that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to our last break, and then we're going to come back talk about a few more questions about property taxes and hopefully have a little time to talk about escrow. So hang in there. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. We are finishing up a riveting show, I believe award-winning dare I say, about property taxes. There is nothing more exciting. This is going to be one I'm going to remember. I'm going to say, please refer to show right. 46. Exactly. Uh, 47. 47. Um, yeah. Uh, we were joking over the break that Karen was like, sometimes I really struggle to explain this stuff. And I said, you know, our heads have to be in the game to try and make it make sense for people. And I actually have a whiteboard that I use 
to explain property taxes to people. And so um, I am struggling today to like try and do it without a whiteboard. I feel like I need visuals. So sorry. Um, Okay. So questions you need to ask to be smart about property taxes, property tax exemptions. What property tax exemptions, exemptions should you get? Property tax exemptions reduce the amount that you are taxed on. So instead of being taxed on your entire assessed value, you're taxed on something less, right? So mm-hmm. in Indiana, for example, we have great exemptions. So I always use the example of, say, your house is assessed at $100,000. If it's owner-occupied, you get what's called a homestead exemption if you file that. And that's going to knock $45,000 off of that assessed value before they multiply that taxing factor. And mm-hmm. so you're going to be taxed on $55,000 instead of $100,000. You can see that can make a huge difference. Yes. Um, there are other uh, states that have much lower. I saw one, I think it was California, their homestead exemption was like $7,000. I was like, what? So, wow. okay. But every penny is worth it. So mm-hmm. um, find that. Um There are other exemptions. I know in Indiana, the standard ones, if you have a mortgage on the property, you can get an exemption. Many states have exemptions for uh, disabled veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, Over 65, if you meet certain income requirements, is another popular one. If if you're blind and of a certain age and... uh, If you're a World War I vet... Yeah, it's an old, yeah, it's a, <laughs> Still an older right, one yeah. and uh, the environmental one too. Yeah, the so, geothermal and yeah. solar, um, those have exemptions as well. So you need to understand what exemptions are available to you. Now in Indiana, when you buy a house at closing, they hand you a document on yellow paper goldenrod paper I think is technically what it's mm-hmm. called and it lists out all of your property tax exemptions they put it on special colored paper because they want to draw your attention to it um, and make sure that uh, you see it so those are good questions that you need to ask you can call your county auditor um, to ask what home what uh, property tax exemptions you qualify for but you need to check those every year and make sure that you're getting them I know in Monroe County, and I'll put these links up, if you're in Monroe County or really in anywhere in Indiana, because I think they apply for Indiana property tax exemptions, but the Monroe County Auditor did a really cute series. Have you I watched them? I have, yeah. They're adorable, aren't they? They are. They did a really cute YouTube series of three videos on um, property taxes and yes. how the exemptions and how they work. And, and how he had a whiteboard. Yes, I, he did. He did. <laughs> and I actually went to it uh, yesterday because I had some clients asking me about the, well, for Juris's mom, I was like, does she qualify for the over 65 exemption? What are the details on that? And I went to that YouTube video and I watched it. I should probably to, give to that to, the, to that young, I'm just never thinking yeah. out loud. I it's should. a great series of videos. Yeah. So, um, so that's great. Okay, so how do you file those property tax exemptions? This is number seven. And how do you make sure your exemptions are in place? Because it's on you to make sure that you're getting what you deserve. If you miss a year where you haven't filed property tax exemptions, they're not going to go back and be like, oh, okay, we understand. Here, here's your money back. Uh They're not going to do that. And there are times in our community where the county has been known to lose The exemption that you filed, there it falls off, it disappears for some reason, and they're not going to tell you, and they're not going to double check. So I go around to all my clients at the end of every year and say, check your exemptions, go online, check them, make sure you've got what you should be getting. Um, in Indiana, at closing, your homestead and your mortgage exemptions are filed for you typically by the title company in some counties and others. Mm-hmm. You have to go down to the auditor's office and file them. It takes like two seconds. You don't even know, like need to take anything with you, so it's typically really easy. I know I used to own property in Marion County uh, up north near around Indianapolis, and you could file them online. 
That would be nice. That was like 12 years ago, like before, you know. That would be nice. Smartphones and stuff. But um, So go check your property tax exemptions now. Most of the counties have websites, too, where you can pull them up and check them. Or just, mm-hmm. I tell people, just call the auditor's office and say, hey, can I just check what exemptions are on my property? And you need to make sure that they're in your name. Because yeah. if you just bought a property this year... Those exemption, those uh, mortgage exemptions, or I'm sorry, property tax exemptions could be from the previous owner. So you right. just want to double check they're in your right. name. And question number eight, when are your property taxes due? What period of time do they cover and uh, who pays them? So those are questions that you need to make sure you know the answers to. So, for example, we talked about like in Pennsylvania, they have two different sets of property taxes. And one is due in by July 31st, and then one is due by October 31st. Talk about confusing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Indiana, we get t- two bills in May and November, but they actually cover the previous year. So this bill that we have coming due in May of 2017 actually covers the first half of 2016. Talk about confusing people. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is that when you go to buy a house at closing, we have to sort of give credits and move money around to make sure that the property tax bills are being paid by the right people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to pay, a, you, if you're buying a house, you don't want to be responsible for a property tax bill that covers a period of time when you didn't own the home. This is why we need a whiteboard. Um, in California, I know the property taxes are due in two equal installments. Um, and one is due November 1st and one is due March 1st. So again, make sure that, if, especially if you're moving to a new state, that you ask those questions and that you understand how that works. Um, So that brings us to this idea of escrow because a lot of people are very, very hands-off with their property taxes, Mm -hmm. right? Because their lender pays them. They do what's called escrowing. So escrow is actually one of those words, like I said, we we hear it all the time. We don't really know what it means. It actually means a lot of different things. On HGTV, we always hear about houses being an escrow. That's not what I'm talking about. The word escrow actually means suspension. And so it's just money that's held in suspension until it's needed. So you're depositing money along with your mortgage payment every month to go towards paying that property tax bill. It's just held in suspension. I always say your lender's not playing the ponies with it or anything. Um, And uh, they pay your property taxes when they come due. It's scary for some people to put their trust in the lender to pay your property taxes. But typically, if you don't allow your lender to escrow, Uh, and pay your property taxes, they'll typically charge you a higher interest rate. Sometimes you can see a higher, yeah, an 8% higher. Yeah, so that's something to kind of balance out. If you put at least 20% down, they might be more willing to work with you. If you put less than 20% down, it's pretty much a non-negotiable that they are going to escrow and pay your property taxes and your homeowner's insurance for you. Um, So... You So people just kind of forget about it and they get these property taxes in the mail. And sometimes our bills say this is not a bill. This is going to be paid by your lender. And sometimes they don't say that and people get super confused. So you need to understand the process so you know what it is that you're getting in your in the mail. You know what to look for. For example, in Indiana, usually um, about this time of, no, in July, we usually get our assessments that say here's what your pro- we're saying your property is worth. Um, and then we get our tax bills the following April. And so you need to review that, make sure that your exemptions are in place uh, and all that good stuff. Clear as mud? Absolutely. All right. I'm going to go over these real quick. I know I'm going to run out of time, but I don't care. I'm just going to keep talking. They're going to just shut me down. Eight questions you need to know to be a smart homeowner about property taxes. Number one, what's the assessed value of your home? Number two, what's your taxing district? Number three, what's your taxing factor? Number four, what are your property tax caps? Number five, is there a cap on how much my assessment can rise each year? 
Number six, what property tax exemptions should I get? Number seven, how do I file those exemptions? And number eight, when are my property taxes due? If you know the answers to those questions, you will be the star of any party that you go to. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We really appreciate it. I hope you learned something. We're going to put a lot of this information up on Facebook. So uh, those resources are there for you. Tune in next week. We will be back. This is home. Where are we? Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Going home. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.